be seated. Church, we're really blessed to have Pastor Andrew come to share God's Word with us today. Andrew is our lead ministry pastor, has a real heart and passion to see the Gospel reach out to all the nations of the world. Blesses our family ministry here, our men's ministry. And uh, I'm so personally so blessed as well by his ministry here at Bridgman. So can we make him feel really, really welcome as he comes to share with us today? You're worthy of it all. Gee, isn't that amazing? Just, I don't know about you, as, as we worship, is there that sense that there is someone, a God, so much greater than ourselves that we are worshiping, that we are, we are coming under? He, he is incredible. He is greater than we can even imagine. He has a love for us that is greater, deeper, wider than we can even imagine. Now, I wanna encourage us as we come to God's word, that we would come under and we'd listen as God speaks to us this morning. Maybe I'll just pray. Lord, you are a great God. You love us so much, God. You are far beyond us. You are greater. You're the creator. And so now, Lord, we ask God that you would speak. Just speak to us, Lord. Move within our hearts and spirits, we pray. For you and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it was actually back in 2001. I was a teacher back in Stanford, a phys ed teacher back there, and I'd not long turned my life back to Jesus. And a friend that was encouraging me at the time said, whatever you do, you have to get to one of Graham Circum's revival camps. And these were young adult camps um, we would meet from a Friday night to a Sunday lunchtime. Uh, in this case, there was uh, about 70 of us, I think, up in Toowoomba. Um, and it's just times of worship and teaching in response to what God was doing. And so listening to my mate, I thought, well, I've just got to get there. And so I went there uh, over this weekend. And I remember, I distinctly remember um, Sunday morning session, as, as Graham spoke, God speaking directly to me, and I just found myself in that response time, coming to Jesus, just in repentance, just crying out, saying, God, forgive me. Like, I mean, I had plenty uh, to get right with God. I'd only just turned back to God and was just there. Amongst many other young adults, actually, just on carpet, I remember distinctly carpet around here, and the leaders were coming around us and praying for each of us individually. But as this was all happening, I saw to my left this, this other girl, this young adult girl. She was a, a pastor's daughter and she was like perfect. She, she couldn't do anything wrong, I, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, I had lots to sort out, but she was like perfect. But there she was in tears, in tears before God. And in my mind, I was like, what could she ever be confessing? And so as people came around and praying for us, I know you shouldn't do this, just you shouldn't do this, but I was listening. I was like, truly, what could she ever be confessing? She's like, perfect. And they're in tears, they're in tears, she confessed. She said, sorry God for not listening to you. Sorry God for going my own way. Sorry, God, for ignoring you. And she was in tears, broken before God for this, these little things. And it perplexed me. It raised this question in my heart. 
And I remember going home and asking my dad, do you think that we can know God so intimately, so closely in our hearts that we would be broken over these little things? That we can love God like this and know him so personally? And it left me with the question, is there more? Is there more of God than I've ever experienced? Is there more of God? More of his love and intimacy in my life? And that's the simple question that I wanna ask each of us this morning. No matter how long you've walked with Jesus, some of you many, many years, maybe for others, just days, maybe others on the journey, I wanna ask you, do you think there is more of God for you? Do you want more of God? In this culture that is so comfortable, so content, it can sometimes be hard to have a, a hunger for God. Do I want more of God? And as we continue in this series on revivals in the Bible, I wanna look at the life of King Josiah. Because <laughs> I tell you, he was a king that looked at the status quo of his culture and he said, there must be more than this God. There must be more than this God. Now, I just wanna give a little bit of background to the life of Josiah. He's known as the boy king. At the age of eight, he came to the throne of Judah. And he grew up in a culture that was so dark and it was a train wreck. It truly was a train wreck, a mess. An incredibly dark period in Israel and Judah. So much so that his grandfather, King Manasseh, is recorded in, in the scriptures as possibly one of the most evil and godless kings that has lived. Listen to this of a description of him, his grandfather as a king. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He followed the detestable practices of the nations of the, that the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. Let me just read a little summary of what was going on at the time. This is speaking of King Manasseh, his, Josiah's grandfather. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished, high places of worship to foreign gods. He also erected altars to the Baals and made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and he worshiped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord. This is the God's temple, holy temple. The king built altars to foreign gods in the midst of the temple. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. Wait for this. He sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom he practiced divination and witchcraft. He sought omens and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. This is Josiah's grandfather. This is the culture that he lived in and his dad was no better. God's people, this is the leader of God's people. Child sacrifice, his own children. Temple prostitution. Foreign gods in the middle of the temple. And Josiah, the eight-year-old, comes to the throne. What chance did Josiah have? Could Josiah ever make a difference? I mean, a tidal wave of sin and rebellion and a culture that he was surrounded by. But when we were introduced to Josiah, 
It says, in the eighth year of his reign, when he was 16, while he was young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. As you hear that, do you think that there must have just been a spark in Josiah's heart to say, God, there must be more. Everything I see around me, all the evil, all the darkness, there must be something more than this God. There must be a different way. Oh God, I've heard the glory days of King David. I've heard of all that you can do and all of what you've done. A heart's cry within him, just a spark, a yearning for more. And amongst our hearts here this morning, is there a similar cry? Oh God, would you bring that heart's cry in my life? Is there a spark in your heart? Maybe there was a spark in your heart at some time in your life where you cried out like this, God, there must be more. Is that spark in our heart? That question, God, would you please do it again? And what we find in the story of Josiah, that God took that heart's cry and he did something incredible. Over 31 years through this boy king, he turned a nation, 31 short years, turned a nation back to him. And this morning as we look at this story of Josiah, I want to encourage us to be inspired, to be encouraged, to be challenged. Because the principles we see in this life of Josiah are exactly the same today. God is the same. He is looking for a people with a similar heart to Josiah, truly. The Bible says the the eyes of God roam around to see the hearts of people who are fully turned to Him. God is looking for our hearts. Oh God, (laughs) Lord, would you help me have this heart? That's that's my prayer this morning. Would, Would you help all of us have this heart, God? A heart that would be fully devoted to Him. Because God can do it. And the number one, the first point we find in this passage is that Josiah undertook radical repentance. A radical turning to God. Let me read in 2 Corinthians 34, 3-7. Just a boy king. In his 12th year, he's now 20, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of all high places, of Asherah poles and idols. Under his direction, the altars of the Baals were torn down. They were cut to pieces. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them and he smashed the Asherah poles and the idols. These he broke to pieces and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars. So he purged Judah and Jerusalem. In the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and the ruins around them, he tore down the altars and the Asher poles and he crushed the idols to powder. He cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel and then he went back to Jerusalem. You can read about it. And as I look at that, some words that describe his turning back to God, it would be systematic, totally thorough, Totally absolute, complete, decisive, determined action, just a resolute nature to tear down every idol or God or anything that displeased God. 
And I, I believe, I truly believe God calls us all to this in our own hearts. It's true. God calls us to do something similar. If you read through this passage, listen to it. He tore down, he cut to pieces, he burned to ashes, he crushed idols to powder, he got rid of the priests. Can you imagine some of the the conversations in Josiah's court? Okay, colleagues, men, I don't know who he got, like everything, every idol, every high place, every temple to a foreign God, away with it. What do we do, Josiah? Do we just knock it down? No, don't just knock it down. You crush it to pieces. You crush it to pieces. You grind it down to be powder. What are the priests? Get rid of them. What about the quarters of the male prostitutes that are just outside the temple, Josiah? Get rid of them. Leave nothing unturned, no stone unturned, no possible turning back for my people. We are looking resolutely to God. That's what he said. Nothing partial, not just a prayer. You know, he could have easily just said, I'm so sorry for my grandfather and for my father, forgive me, Lord. No, it was action. His heart was moved to action to get his life, to get the life of the kingdom back into order under God. And Lord, I pray the same, forgive us, God, help us, God. Help us turn back to you, God. Help us be as resolute as Josiah. Look, if you read it, Deuteronomy 12, two to three, it's actually an interesting thing. You look at the, the reading of Deuteronomy, you can see Josiah is following what the scriptures say. He, in, in Deuteronomy 12, two to three, it says, destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship the gods, break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, burn their Asherah poles in the fire, cut down the idols of their God and wipe out their names from those places. What Josiah has done said, God, if you said that, I'm doing it. If that's God, if that's what you want, well, let's do it. Let's do it fully and completely. His heart was moved to action. I love Pastor John Tyson speaks about repentance and he speaks, it's, it's more than just a changing of mind, more than just being intellectual. He defines repentance as a change of mind that leads to a changed heart and a changed life. That's repentance, turning back to God. And I wanna tell you, while the term or concept of repentance can seem negative, I wanna tell us today, repentance is our best friend. It's our best friend. God does not point out these things in our life to say, you're a naughty boy. He's saying it because he loves me and he loves you and he wants us to have fullness of life, fullness of God's love and his presence in our lives, that we would have more, that we wouldn't be satisfied with what we see or what we've experienced, but God wants to take us deeper, that we would have more of him. Repentance is powerful. Let repentance be our friend. Resolute, determined repentance, turning back to God. It leads to intervention in God's, of God into our life. It leads to a spiritual breakthrough in our life that we would experience more than him. In Acts 3, 19, it says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out Praise God for Jesus. 
His blood covers all of my sin, your sin. It says that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Did you hear that? Times of refreshing in our hearts from God. And church, I believe that God is saying, yes, there is more. He is saying there is more. There is more of me than you have ever experienced. But I also believe he is calling us to decisive action. Repentance, to turn to God, to not justify, to not be okay with possibly the sin and the things we've got in our life that he is not pleased with. And I truly believe even here this morning, God wants to lift weights and burdens to take them from our shoulders, things that we've been entangled in, sin that was entangled us, The way out of that is not hard work. The way is repentance and asking Jesus to come and refresh us. I saw it on the men's retreat. One one man turned to Jesus, confessed his sin, turned, and he was a different man, fully alive, just a beaming, a countenance. The spirit had come. This is not just a good idea. This is a spiritual breakthrough God's looking to give us as we turn to him. As I looked at some of the gods they were worshipping, Baal, Asherah. I actually looked and I thought it's probably, it's similar today, to be honest. These gods were about fertility, about um, the gods who brought rain, fertility, in their, uh, sorry, um, fertility and also crops, success in crops. It was all about wealth and being successful. Ritualistic prostitution, it was sexualized, and I thought of our culture today. We don't go and burn incense at these altars, but these same things are gripping the hearts of people today. And mate, it's up to the whole, I don't know, like, I don't know your heart, but maybe we too can be gripped by these things in today's culture. Maybe God's saying, we need to radically turn as Josiah did from these things as well. Because what they did, they were just looking at what the others were doing around them. Oh, I want my crops to be a bit better, more successful. What do they do? Oh, they worship Baal. Well, okay, let me do that. How do I do this? Oh, you sacrifice your child. Well, I'll do that. We might not do that in the same way. But we too can look at those around us and say, well, that's what you do? Well, let me just do it too. It's okay. That's what everyone's doing. God is calling us to repentance, to turn to him. Jesus said it too, again, for our good. He said, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in hell. Jesus said, you've got to be radical, got to turn. Turn back to God for times of refreshing to come. May the Holy Spirit reveal and help us get rid of strongholds in our lives. Would the Lord help us today, include myself, humble ourselves and just admit it's not okay. I need God's help. I need forgiveness. I need refreshment to come. As I read this also, a bit of a journey I've been on recently, it's not just the big things, it's the subtle things in our lives as well. Those things that I might call neutral things, nothing wrong with them. Maybe permissible, but not necessarily beneficial. 
The men's retreat a couple of weeks ago, Tony Dempsey spoke powerfully about just the, the neutral things in our lives. And personally, I it can be so busy, so tired, you know, family, all sorts of things, and emotionally really tired. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's a busy society we live in, busy life, but, but where do I go? He'll push through, push through. If only I can just listen to Netflix, watch something at Netflix and just escape. If only I can, just whenever I get a spare moment, let me just scroll through the news feeds or whatever it might be, just, just to escape. Nothing wrong with this. I don't, I'm not getting legalistic, but what I'm saying is I'm running for these things for refreshment, for rejuvenation of my soul, but they will never they're never designed to do that. They'll never. And God challenged me to get my life in balance. The time that I spend, what I invest in, what I fill my heart with. Because these things, what I also realized, just sap me of spiritual hunger. Then I want to open my Bible. I want to be, I want to, I want to want you, God. I want to know you, God. I want to be hungry. But my heart is full of these other things. I'm not running to God. I'm running to Netflix or Fox Sports or whatever it might be. And so if I remove these, the affections of my heart to run to these things, there's, then becomes an affection for God, a spiritual vitality and hunger that I long for. And so God's saying to us, align your life with me. Run to me, come to me. Anything that is more important than me, ruthlessly get rid of it in your life that you might have times of refreshment, life, the fullness of God in your life. The second thing we notice in this passage is Josiah's radical realignment with God's word. As you read on in the story, we find that he finds the, the book of the law in the temple. Let me just read this little passage from 2 Chronicles 34. It says, while they were bringing out the money that they had been taken into the temple of the Lord, they're actually cleaning the temple up, just getting it right. The priest found the book of the law, the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. And Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I've found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan. And when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. That was Josiah's response. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest, gathered them all there before him. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by his pillar and he renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes and decrees with all of his heart, with all of his soul and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. Then he had everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin pledge themselves to it. The people of Jerusalem did this in accordance with the covenant of God, the God of their ancestors. Again, a resolute determination to come under God's word. Do you ever wonder, I, I read this story and I think, how did God's people drift so far from God? Have you ever wondered that? Like, I mean, a king, God's king, is sacrificing his own children to foreign gods. There's prostitution in the temple. How did they ever 
get to this place. I can only surmise they had absolutely no reference point. No scriptures. The previous kings had got rid of the scriptures. They, they, they stumbled across the scriptures. They had no scriptures, no voice of God in their life. No reference point. So what do people do? What do we do? What do you and I do? If there's no scriptures in our life, we simply look at the culture around us and we say, that's what they're doing. Well, that's gonna help my crops. I'm gonna do that too. I'll worship like that. And we're left with our own hearts and our own culture. And if that drifts, that's where it takes us. There's no voice of God coming into my heart. No voice of God coming into us. That's where we also will drift. Quite ironically, I want to share a story from a Netflix documentary that I watched not too long ago. It's called, it's called The Last Breath. It's a documentary. Watch it yourself in balance when you've got the time. It's a true story, true story of a diving accident in the North Sea in 2012, where these deep sea divers, I mean, they're deep, deep divers, 100 metres below the surface of the water. They go down and they fix and maintain oil rigs. It's, it's a full-on logistical exercise to do this safely. The saturation, the oxygen levels. They actually have a ship at the top, like the mother ship, then they drop these guys down, these divers in a, in a pod, 100 meters to the, the ocean floor. And then once they're on the floor, they walk across to the rig um, with this umbilical cord, they call it, connected to them. And in that umbilical cord, they have air, oxygen. They have communication with the mothership. They have light and electricity because you can imagine it's, it's fully dark down there and they have hot water to keep their bodies warm. And Chris Lemons and his diving partner had gone down in their pod 100 metres, exited the pod and were walking out onto this big oil rig and began maintaining it and fixing it. When all of a sudden their umbilical cords that was tied to them began to pull them away, pull them off this rig. They were were 100 metres down. And it got stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, Chris Lemons, one of the divers, his umbilical cord got connected and attached to the rig in a way that he couldn't get it out. And it kept pulling and pulling and then it snapped. And here this deep sea diver was in complete darkness. No light. He had a little bit of oxygen. No warm water to to keep his body warm and absolutely no communication with the mother ship. Desperate, desperate situation. What had happened was the the mother ship, 100 metres above, the computer system that kept them geographically right on top of the oil rig had collapsed. The whole computer system, they lost it. And so the storm that they were in, the rough seas, the currents just took them a long, long way away. They were just floating. But as they were floating, this umbilical cord was also dragging these guys away from the oil rig to a point that it was broken. As I thought of the scriptures in our life, I could not help 
But think of this picture. The scriptures are our dynamic positioning system, like that ship. And as soon as we take our eyes off the scriptures, as soon as that does not become our guiding light in this world, we will drift. Our hearts will drift. And what Josiah does is the same thing as, as, as what those guys did in their ship. They reset that computer system. Josiah, what he does in his life and in the culture around him, he resets. Resets and the scriptures are at the centre. We need to come underneath the scriptures and radically obey God and his word. And the fear of God came over him Remorse, repentance and action again and he aligned himself and the whole kingdom back underneath God's word. And I truly believe if I, if you, if we wanna see revival or renewal in our own hearts or in our people, we must, we must come back to God's word and it must be honoured in our lives. It must be um, our guiding principle. We need to hear God's voice and it's powerful. The, the, the word of God is not just any book. It is spiritually powerful in our lives and we need it. We need it like food, water, air. Let me read from you, for you from Psalm 19, seven to 14. It speaks about the power of the word of God in our lives. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. There you go, refreshing our soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple, wisdom. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By then your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Let me just summarize that. They refresh the soul. They make wise the simple. They bring joy to the heart. They give light to our eyes. They're more precious than gold. It cleanses us, the word of God. It shows me my errors. It keeps me from sin. They are powerful. After studying great revivals, author Brian Edwards commented, he said, total acceptance of the scripture as the word of God and instant obedience to its commands has characterized those who God uses in revival. Similarly in our own lives. Jonathan Goforth, who used, God used for revival in China in 1908 said, we can certainly, we can, sorry, we can entertain no hope of a, mo- a mighty global encircling Holy Spirit revival without first being a back to the Bible movement. God, help us come underneath your voice, your word, we pray. God calls us, he's calling us to to come back to his word, to, to love his word. 
It doesn't need to be lots. Wherever you're at with reading the Bible, even just a small part, but a small part that's obeyed. That's the important thing. The obedience, the outworking of God's word in our lives. Download the Bible app. There's a great series now in these 21 days of prayer for revival. Find a devotional book. Speak to someone about the scriptures together. Join a connect group. Listen to it. You can just listen to the scriptures in your car, wherever it might be. Join a KYB group, whatever it might be. But we need to hear God's voice. It's our reference point that we might not drift. And I want to I just share just more of a personal burden this morning as I prepared this for families. Thinking about my own children, the culture that they grow up in, the influences in the culture they grow up in. And I ask myself the question, what is going to help them? I tell you, it's the Word of God. Well, what's going to tell them what's right or wrong? It's the Word of God. And I pray and I ask for God's help to make the Word of God central in my life, in my family's life. And I want to encourage all of us to do that because the Word of God is that centre point for us all. And maybe we need to, maybe I, I need to repent and say, Lord, help me. Turn that heart into action, put actions in my life, in my family's life that the Scriptures would become central in our lives. In Deuteronomy 6, Again, I wonder if Josiah read this. He said, these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on door frames of your houses and on your gates. The word of God is like gold. (laughs) If I had gold in my backyard, I tell you I would be digging. It's true. Yet the word of God is like gold. God, help us dig within the word of God that we would find this precious truth that we need inside our hearts and souls. And finally, just quickly, just the last bit of encouragement out of this this passage is that Josiah, he, he gets what is called the Ark of the Covenant it's just a one metre box by 60 by 60, one metre box plated in gold and it had the mercy seat on top of it and it was to be in the centre of the temple and it represented, it was where God's presence dwelt. And that is where the, the priests would bring their sacrifices, their blood of the, the sacrifices to atone for sin. And he took it to, directly to the centre of the temple and reinstated there. After cleaning out all the temple, there it was. I just feel it's an encouragement to us today that when we repent, when we turn back to God, when we see forgiveness of God, where where is the Holy Spirit dwell now? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let this be an encouragement to you. If you you resolutely make a a decision to turn to God wholeheartedly, to confess your sins, there is forgiveness and, and God actually says, in the mercy seat on that Ark of the Covenant, I will dwell and I will speak to you. That's what he said in the Old Testament. And similarly, today, if we make a choice to turn back to God wholeheartedly, forgiveness of sin is there, atonement is made, Jesus, thank you, Lord, for Jesus, forgiveness is there, but the Holy Spirit dwells. And I know the Holy Spirit is in all of us as believers, but 
There is a sense that as we give him permission, more and more permission in our lives, in the deeper places of our lives, we will experience more of God's presence and power in our lives as well. And maybe today, I want to encourage you. Sometimes I'm just like, well, if if that's there for me, I'm going to go get it. I think God's calling people here right now to say, God, if you've got that for me, I'm after it. Don't let anything hold you back. And actually, at the end of this, I'm going to give you a chance to come forward. And I, I believe this. God is calling people to say, if you've got that for me, God, I'm going after it. And so later, when we respond, if God is speaking to you, don't hold back. Don't let your pride hold you back. Don't let your sin hold you back. God, if you've got fullness of life for me, if you've got more for me, I'm going after it. That's the generation. That's what God's calling us to be. A filling, a fresh filling in your heart and your your spirit. Surrender, saying, God, I give you all of me. That's what he's calling from us today. And I tell you, he is good to his word. These are principles that worked in Josiah's life. They will work in your life too. God is faithful. He's a faithful and gracious and loving God. I believe that that's what God wants to do in in hearts here today. And in my heart, in my heart too. Would you pray with me here this morning? Maybe even just where you are now, just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I like that. I like just the, the reality that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. You know it in your own heart. I, I don't need to, to say too much. The Holy Spirit, just come and speak to us. Lord, show us anything in our lives that is more important than you. Any sin, sin that might be entangling us, God. Any attitudes any things, God, that have become idols or gods in our own hearts and lives, Lord. Just show them right now, we pray. And Lord, we pray that you would lead us on a journey towards radical repentance. Those words, crush, crush it to powder, burn, that we might not turn back to it, Lord. There's no second chance like not a bit of this and a bit of God. It's like, no, I'm turning. <laughs> no turning back. And in your own hearts, if he's bringing things to the surface, just speak to him right now about that. Maybe he's even showing you radical steps, practical steps in your life that he wants you to take. Maybe there's things that you've been aware of for a while, never been able to get a grip of. Well, today's your day. Turn. Turn from these things. Turn to God. The times of refreshing can come. Maybe it's smaller things, God, that have become a distraction. The neutral things. Maybe our hearts are full with neutral things. Not so much of you, God. Forgive us, God. Again, help us be radical. Turn from these. You are far more precious than some of these things of the world, Lord. Far more precious. Lord, help us to turn. Forgive us, dear Jesus. If this is you, if he's speaking to you, 
maybe you pray with me now just in your own hearts and the quietness of your own heart there. God, thank you for revealing these things to me. Thank you that you love me and that's your kindness that leads me to repentance. Thank you that your heart is to give me life and life to the full. Thank you, Jesus, that you wanna set me free to fill my heart. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I turn to you. God, give me the strength and the determination to take the practical steps to turn back to you. Let nothing hold me back, God. Let nothing hold me back. Show me the way. Help me. Empower me. Strengthen me, God. I I need you. And we know God's word is more more precious than gold or silver. And we know in the busyness of our life, God, it can be hard, Lord. And maybe in your heart you want to say, God, help me. I know. You know it intellectually, but in your heart of hearts, you need help to place those scriptures in the, the rightful place, to, to long for God's word, to long to hear his voice, to obey his word. If this morning, like Josiah, you want to be radical in, in putting those scriptures in the rightful place, that center point, that reference point, maybe you pray with me as well, just in your hearts, God's, God, your word is powerful. We know it's like gold or silver. Lord, help us to prioritise your word in our culture. If this morning you want to place that word front and centre, like you said, don't turn from the right to the left. Lord, help us obey in that way, God, we pray. God, help it to be the true north in our life. We need it. Our families need it. I want to pray for our families, Lord. Help us. Lead our families towards your truth, we pray. Lord, renew our hearts. Give us a new desire for you. Lead us and help us. Not only engage in your word, but obey, Lord, day by day. Help us to obey your word, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you've sensed God speaking to you in any way, in this way this morning, I wanna encourage you to come and ask for prayer. Throughout this series, we've been anointing and praying. And I feel God's calling different ones. Say, if you've got it for me, God, I'm coming after it. Maybe to something you need to turn away to ask God for strength in that. Maybe it is just a, a fullness of God's presence. God, come and saturate me, saturate, saturate my life. Come and pray for that now here this morning as we continue to sing this song, a song about surrender, a surrendering all to Him. Would you stand with me and worship and come forward if you would love to be prayed for here this morning. Let's worship together. Desperate for 
are powerful words to pray this morning, that You would have Your way in our hearts, in our lives, Lord, that You would have Your way in Your church, that You would have Your way in this community, this city, in our world, Lord. That is our prayer. Lord, as we pray these words, I pray now, Lord, that You would come by Your Holy Spirit, that You help us, empower us to take the steps, Lord, You're calling us to, the practical steps, Lord, the small things maybe we've overlooked in the past, Lord, that we would... Just refocus, Lord, that we would reprioritize you, reprioritize your word, Lord, the power of your word in our lives daily, Lord, to speak to us. Or in a culture and where no one knows what the truth is, this post-truth culture, Lord, may your word, your words of truth, Lord, ring so true, Lord. May they bring freedom, Lord. May they bring hope, Lord, into a world that is looking in all the wrong places to find hope, Lord. And we pray your word would bring life. We pray. And so, Lord, help us. Radical obedience, radical followers of You, Lord Jesus. Bless this week, I pray, as we continue to seek after You and pursue after You. There is more. I agree, Lord, this Word. I affirm this Word. There is more You want to do. More You want to do this week. More You want to do among us as Your people. More You want to do in our community. Great God, there's so much more You long to pour out. Oh, Lord, Your power is limitless. Your, Your love is limitless. Great God. The freeing work You want to do among us is so much more than we have seen, Lord. We've seen You do a lot, but we long for more, Lord. So please come by Your Holy Spirit. Find in us a surrendered people. Help us, Lord God, we pray, to humble ourselves before You. Oh, Lord, that we might know more of Your love, more of Your joy, more of Your peace, filling us to overflowing, flowing out into into this world that you love so much, Lord. So we worship you, Jesus, today. We thank you for your love for us. I pray your blessing on each and every one now. We ask this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Please be seated. If you'd like prayer, please just continue to come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray for you today and just ask God's blessing over you. Don't leave without doing that. Don't forget this week, we're gonna continue to pray our statewide prayer gathering next Sunday night. But God bless you. Look forward to sharing with you again soon.